own personal brand is built off of two things, building up your confidence and serving. I think the reason why I'm at the point now because I've served my way to the top. Hey friend, perhaps Nike said it best and you just have to do it. But the key is having enough faith and trust in God to believe that amazing things are in store for you and for your brand. Stay tuned for more. I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, a weekly podcast all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. This week's guest, y'all, I am so excited that she's here, is no other than Christy Staples. Christy is a serial entrepreneur. She's a visionary and an innovator whose brilliance has created series of business ventures from Get Launch to Millionaires in the Making and CLS. Her mission is focused on elevating entrepreneurs and small business owners with knowledge and resources necessary to grow and expand your business ventures. She's also a professional speaker and she emphasizes the importance of individuals standing up for their passions, standing strong to endure, and standing out to lead. Y'all, get ready. Hey, Christy. Hey. Can I borrow that intro? I need that. That need to be my new bio. Thank you. This is your bio. Thank you. The, the way you read it, it just sounded like, who is that? So thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm so, so excited that you have joined the podcast. And the podcast is all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. And we start every podcast by asking a guest, how do you define joy? Joy is freedom. Mm. Freedom to be me. Freedom to not be me. Freedom to dress the way I want to. Freedom to say what I want to say. Freedom to just be me. That's what joy is to me. Because when you're not yourself, you have no joy. It's, it's, it's like you're trapped into this little box and you can't get out. And when you break from that box, it's total freedom and joy outside of that so for me that's what joy is when did you come to this definition of freedom being joy oh this year this year oh okay. in the last year okay. this year in all transparency uh last year went through a season of depression okay. um i was depressed for probably about a year and a half now if i look back on it and um i knew that i wasn't mentally well in january and so I went to a Christian counselor. I said, it's time for me to get a spiritual checkup. So I went to my Christian counselor. I've always gone to, and I said, Hey, I'm not mentally well. I'm still crying about certain situations that I should no longer be crying about. And I said, what is this? I said, I just don't feel like myself. And so we sat down and he said, Christy, he said, clinically, if I had to put a diagnosis on you're depressed. And this was January 24th this year. He said, you're depressed. And we went through the, you know, seven stages of uh, depression. And um, uh, no, he said, you're grieving as well. He said, you're depressed because you're grieving. You're grieving some losses. I had some major losses in my life uh, last year. And he said, you're grieving. And so most people think about grieving as just a loved one passing or just death. But it's the loss of something. Mm -hmm. And loss creates a trauma. Trauma creates that depression when you internalize what happened. Yeah. So I had internalized it too much 
and I and I was depressed. And so once I, two days later, I was scheduled to go to a business conference, and I was like, I don't even want to go to this conference. I said, No, you're going. Another accountability partner said, No, you're going. Okay. So I said, um, Okay, I'm gonna go. So I got my stuff together begrudgingly. I went to this conference, and I met a bunch of entrepreneurs that looked just like me. Whether they made a hundred thousand, made the nine figures, I mean, it was just a plethora, and I felt at home. Wow. I was like, God's timing is so divine. And Left that conference. I said, okay, Christy, you got February to get it together. Mm. February came. I, I, I sat down and got a strategy. I got a major download from God. And I have been on this journey of joy and freedom since then. Mm. Oh, thank you for sharing. One, thank you for being honest and transparent about the some of the struggles that you've endured as part of life. And that you sought therapy. That Ooh. you sought support. How important has that been to, as we're now recording this in June, so it's been six months since you started, met with your first therapist in January. How has that journey been seeking that counsel and that guidance and being transparent with even your friends about where you were? Well, I think a lot of us don't recognize that something's wrong. And then when we do, you know, you call up your girlfriend or you call up your mother or somebody that's closest to you. But I knew instantly I didn't want to do that because this was something deeper that I had to maintain that I had to get a handle of. And I said, I need professional help. Mm-hmm. And when I vocalized that I'm not mentally well, I knew I needed to seek someone who specialized in this part. Now, I've, I've, I've done counseling before, but never on a consistent basis because life has been good. But when I hit my low or I feel like I'm hitting a low, 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 oh, I seek help. I have no problem seeking help when it comes to paying for a professional or um, just seeking out the services I need to get over a particular hump in life. So it's very much needed. It's very much um, warranted. And if you really are about, you know, personal development and going to the next level, you need help in some areas. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. And I'm okay with that. Oh, that's so good. One is recognizing you don't have all the answers yourself. Nope. And while you and we're going to get to how she has helped so many people launch their businesses, but even recognizing the helper needs help. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. We need help. Very, very good. So in that moment, as you are coming to the awareness of that you were dealing with grief and loss and needed to process and work through the depression, What did you learn and what have you learned about yourself while you're on this freedom quest? The biggest lesson I learned is Christy Staples had no boundaries. Wow. Didn't know what the word was. But what's so funny about it, I was writing a post last night. I had boundaries for myself on other people. Hmm. Yeah. Like I, I have friends that are married or have kids or something like that. I will not call them after, say, 7 or 8 p.m. Because you're getting your, you know, kids ready. You're doing homework and stuff like that. If I'm on the phone with a, a friend and they the kids are kind of starting to, mommy, 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 I'm like, I'm going to let you go so you can take care of them. So I had boundaries and parameters around myself with friends, but I didn't have it with me. Mm. You need me? Oh, I'm there. Dog tired. You need this? Okay. Make it count in negative. You, you want that? Okay, let's do it. But I had no boundaries around me, so I was depleted. On so many different levels. And I didn't know why until an a, a actual client of mine, I just vented to her one day. I said, hey, I said, can you talk? 
She said, yeah. So I called her up. I said, hey, I got this, this, this. I'm just feeling overwhelmed. You know, you got to take it to a therapist. Overwhelmed. A couple of different buzzwords. Overwhelmed. She said, okay. I'm going to recommend that you read this book. Mm. Setting Boundaries, Finding Peace. Ooh. The first chapter was me. In the first chapter, the author talks about, she's a therapist too. She said, this lady came in. She said, oh, I have a friend that's moving and I, I got all these stuff on my schedule. She said, I'm trying to um, see how I can fit everything in my schedule. And she said, the therapist asked her, can we pull something off your schedule? She said, no, 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 no. We just need to add like another day or something. She's like, you can't add any more hours to the day. You can't add any more days to the week. She said, have you ever thought about pulling something off your schedule and saying no? Oh, no. My friends would be upset if I did that. She said, would they? Mm. light bulb <laughs> I can actually say no to something and then I got real deep with it I, was, I can say no to something even if I'm just laying on my couch watching TV doing what I want to do not that I had to have something in that slot because now I'm saying okay if I say no that means I already had to have something scheduled during that time mm. no my scheduled time could be laying on that couch watching Lifetime that's what I wanted to do at that moment that's what charges me so boundaries is what I learned the most. So now from 7 to 9 a.m., my phone is on do not disturb automatically. Okay. No notifications come through. Only my mom can text a call. In the evenings, just like you working a regular job, in the evenings after 6 p.m., I'm working on get lunch stuff. Throughout the week, I have hours that I put get lunch on the schedule. I have hours where I'm taking a nap. I have hours where I'm going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I have hours that I, I'm trying to find me a hobby. I'm signing up to do different things, different classes, trying out stuff. You And this is so impactful to me when you said trying to find a hobby because I met someone a couple months ago in the beauty salon. And I knew what she did, and she's going to be a feature guest. She's a chiropractor. And so I'm intrigued about what she does. Mm-hmm. I'm just very intrigued. Mm-hmm. And instead of her asking me what I did, she asked me what my hobbies were. Ooh, as an adult, we do not have hobbies. And I could not answer the question. And so I have been stuck pondering. And she didn't mean it insulting. She really wanted to know what do I do for fun, mm-hmm. not what I did as a business. Mm-hmm. And I could not answer her question. Mm-hmm. And so I have been wrecking my mind with this can't, while this is a ministry and a passion, this can't be all that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for being very transparent and even bringing that out, that we got to have more than what we do as business people, as business women, um, that gives us a moment to relax. Mm, we need it. And to enjoy the abundance of mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Can you share the name of that book again? Oh, f- Setting Boundaries, Finding Peace. Setting Boundaries, Finding Peace. The link will be in the description. So now let's get more into your journey. Christy, I would describe you as a entrepreneur's entrepreneur. Oh, I like that. Your visionary concepts have launched so many different successful brands. When did you realize that this was your superpower? I realized this is my superpower when I was told this, I told this the other day on social media. I was fed up with my job. I hated my job. Knew I need to find fulfillment outside of my job. So I had a girlfriend who was getting ready to start a nonprofit. And I started volunteering and serving her vision. Two, three days a week, I would leave straight from work, go to her house, and we would work, have dinner with the kids and the husband, work. Mm-hmm. I would go home, 
do it again the next day. So two, three days, we just got, we got the nonprofit up and going. We got so many, uh, just, you know, programs going, her programming. And at the end of that, she said, Christy, you should do this full time. I said, what is that? <laughs> she said, help people start their business. I said, what is that? She said, what you just did for me? And I was like, oh, that's what I helped you do. And she said, don't worry about it. So she got my first logo. She gave me my name of my business and everything. So, yes, that's how I got started. Wow. So somebody seen your gifts that you hadn't even thought to tap into. You thought you were just being a good friend. Right. My friend said she want to start a business. Okay, let's figure it out together. Let's go. But up until that point, had you ever had an entrepreneur spirit, entrepreneurial spirit? I think I did, but I didn't know what it was. So growing up in the country, my Where mom, Mississippi. Okay. So <laughs> my mom, we were, I, I say we were poverty. She said, girl, you won poverty. You had carpet. You had food. They, you, you had your own room and deodorant and stuff. She said, you won. You didn't have no poverty lifestyle. I said, well, okay. Your definition is different from mine. So growing up in Mississippi, we had the necessities, but we didn't have the extra. And having a tall daughter like me. Mm-hmm. Tell I, the folks <clears throat> how tall you are. I am 6'4". Yes. Yes. So I outgrew clothes very quickly. I outgrew shoes very quickly. And then when I started getting to basketball, it was just on a whole different level. So I started uh, <laughs> early on. My, I guess my first gig or my first side hustle was I used to iron for a white lady at the bank. So my mom was a seamstress, so she had all of these, like the same stuff you would see like in the cleaners now, like the presser. Mm-hmm. You know, we always had like nice ironing boards that are extra wide. You know, we always had nice ironing boards. I always had the, the best of starches and stuff. And so I started ironing for this white lady at the bank. That was my first gig. And how old were you at this point? I had to be about 12, 11, something like that. And I started doing that. And then next, I would help my mom. So I think she started selling like hair products or something like that. Dudley. So back in the day, oh, you know, Dudley. yeah. No. <laughs> so you know how old it was. <laughs> so back in the day, she used to go to these salon stuff. So I would help her with stuff like that. And so I guess I, it was always there. And then she sold Tupperware too. Mm. So I would help her with the Tupperware and stuff. So I guess I was kind of always around it, but I didn't know what it was. Gotcha. I just knew I needed money. Mama didn't have it. So I'm trying to figure out how I can do it and get it on my own. Oh, wow. From those days until now. So once you got started, what do you think has contributed to your success or who has mostly impacted your ability to be successful? I think it's been a combination of the people that I come in contact with and then also, you know, just myself. I've, I've learned later on in life to get coaches and um, be a part of masterminds and stuff like that. But I just think it's the the joy, the simple joy that you get from someone who has an idea, you help them get it started. And then they had that moment when it's like, Oh, it worked. Mm -hmm. You know, the eyes get big, the heart swells up because it's like, I did it. It happened. And someone helped me. Mm -hmm. So that keeps me going. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. I want to talk about being an entrepreneur and I shared with Chris earlier this is new for me. My grandmother owned her own business my entire life, but I never thought that I would have a venture outside of the traditional nine to five. Mm -hmm. And what I am learning is that it comes with risk and challenges. What motivates you to not give up 
now and then, especially in those early days. Oh, now in the early days, I wanted to quit every day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. I wanted to quit because I was dealing with the wrong clientele in the beginning. So I was dealing with other entrepreneurs. They broke. I'm broke. We broke together. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so this is not working out. <laughs> so then I said, okay, we need to regroup. And so just what keeps you going is, you know, you could be kind of trucking along, trucking along, trucking along, don't have any traction. Then something happens. Oh, okay. So this is working. So then you go move in that direction, trucking along, trucking along, trucking along. Something else happens. So it's just the momentum that keeps on building and building and building is what keeps me going. And then um, when you do have those clients that come back and say, man, what you taught me worked," or they tag in a post. Oh, thank you, Christy, for showing me how to do this. You know, so teaching people how to really fish. And not doing everything for them. And then they get it and it works. I'm like, yeah, because you, this got to work without me. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to pull myself out of this. So that's, you know, just kind of what keeps me going. Oh, that's good. Teaching people how to fish. Oh, that's so good. Because sometimes as natural nurturers and natural helpers, we just want to do. And I did. Okay. And I did in the beginning when I first started. Some woman come to me and say, you know, I want to launch this brand. So, you know, I'm like five years out. Like I see this, this, and this. It's too big for them. So I would build it. And then it was like, okay, now how I work it? How I run it? And I'm like, what you mean? This, this, and this. Chris, I don't know how to do that. So I kept on running into that. I said, okay, let, let me scale back. And that's why I know now I work best with visionaries. Because most visionaries don't get into the minutia. Mm-hmm. I'm a minutia person. Okay. Well, I'm both. I can vision with you, but then I'm going to stop and say, okay, what teams we need to put together, what resources we need, what's the timeline, you know, how are we going to do this, right? Put the, the, the actual details, the nuts and bolts, right? Mm-hmm. I'm more macro. I mean, micro. Most people macro. So then once you get all the stuff together, then it's like, it's go time. So I work best with visionaries that know exactly what they need, but they don't have the time and need extra hands to get it done. But when you're working with someone who doesn't have vision, they're looking for you for vision and to build out. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. So I, I realized then, I said, okay, let me pull myself back because I'm too involved in this person's business and I'm not a partner. You know, it, it's not going to be successful to them. So they're going to be like, you know, confidence is down because they built something or I built something for them that they don't even know. They don't have the vision for it. So you can't, you, you can't birth it if you don't have the vision for it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I want to piggyback on something you said earlier that God gave you a download is that where you contribute your visions and your your insightfulness to be able to help people from oh yes it's, it's very much like when it, it never fails when I'm working with someone and they tell me what they need blah 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 it's like God just instantly gives me a little bit to give them and then it just blah, 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 it's just like I vomit on that person mm-hmm. now I've learned to just Kind of just do the first little throw up, right? <laughs> and then gonna hold bit. just to give you a little bit, and then we gonna hold it back because it's so overwhelming for people. Mm-hmm. And then if they get that, and it was like, okay, well, here's how we can further expand that. In your experience, what se- what separates a successful business owner from a not so successful business owner? I think it's three things: it's the confidence that they have in themselves. So if they believe in what they're actually building, then you can sell it. Right. Number two is discipline. Mm. Discipline will kill you every time because discipline is getting up and doing something when 
it's not working. You don't see no immediate results. You're tired. You're exhausted. You don't know what to do. Somebody just stole from you. Somebody just scammed you. I mean, discipline is keep going no matter what. No matter what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece is, I believe, having um, a level of servitude. Meaning that you don't go into every business or every transaction looking to get. Mm. I look to give. I want to give you everything I got. Some people, and I see it all the time, people like, well, you know, what do you give for free and what do you pull back? I'm like, give it all. Because if you give it all, if they know how to do it, they can do it. But if they don't, they're going to ask you to do it. Because they're like, oh, I for sure know she know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And then even the ones that do know how to do it, I ain't got time to do it, do it. So what am I holding back for? Give. Give it all. Mm. Leave empty. Because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You're serving clients. You're serving on social media. You're serving whoever comes into your in your in your um atmosphere. You're serving. That's what I'm here for. How can God get a blessing through if he don't use me? In my business, when I first started and I wasn't making the money that I make now, I made sure every month I blessed someone. So if someone came through and they said, hey, you know, I want to work with you. And I tell them what the price was. Well, I can't afford that right now. If I felt oppressed, but what you got on it? God told me to whatever you whatever your budget was for this to use it and give you everything. So I would give them the full whatever they asked for. And then some people got the whole service for free. It just depends. I always gave in my business. Still tithe. I call it tithe in my business. I still tithe in my business. Wow. I promised I wasn't going to cry on every single episode. But your heart to serve others in a in a business, in a business, right? Because so many people get caught in the, well, I mean, I'm in this not to serve. I'm in this to make money. Um but it's being able to step back and recognize that as I pour out, I believe God will replenish everything and restore everything that I am given. Mm-hmm. You can't be God given. And that's in anything, in any situation. Oh, that's so good. How are you? Do you have a practice where you are seeking God and his direction, his vision to be replenished? Do you have a practice that you go to daily or weekly whatever you know what I don't have a particular practice because my weeks are so flexible and stuff is so different um but what I do is I'm constantly praying and meditating I guess under my breath um before I start a project before I start designing or doing anything I'm like okay God give me the vision you know so I'm like talking to him all the day okay God give me the vision okay well was that right oh, what I need to do I'm missing something let me step back go back to it so I'm constantly just I talk to him like he's my friend mm-hmm that's good, y'all. Talk to God like he's your friend. He knows it all anyway. You yes. might as well just turn it over to him. So, Christy, as someone that may have a idea, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't see anybody else doing this. Or I have a passion about this particular thing. Mm-hmm. What would you tell someone is a good first step? A good first step is to start doing it. Most people want to go get the name, the DBA, the LLC, go get the bank account. No, do it. Start working on it, doing it for free or at a nominal fee to see if you even like it. I can't tell you how many people have started a business that they don't even like. Mm. So just do it. 
And then you start to formalize it and more uh, give it more foundation after you go into it and kind of test the waters with you and your clients to see if you like it. So just do it. Just do it. Just do it. So that sounds easy, but with that comes fear, fear of rejection, fear of failure. How have you handled the fear? Or maybe you've never even dealt with the fear. (laughs) Maybe I am speaking for me. (laughs) No. How have you dealt with, you know, the fear or even face rejection of people going, I don't know why you're doing it. I think the biggest thing that helped me was just to keep going. Like the more no's you get, the stronger your pitch is. And then I will start asking questions where is there a reason why you didn't go with me? Or um, is there anything I could have done better? Especially if it's like someone close to me. Um, was I missing anything? You know, um, how could I improve? So when you start asking those questions for feedback, that helps you get stronger with your pitch, with the, developing your product, with your pricing and different things like that. So I think just being a sponge, because when you're starting out, just be a sponge and not try to go in as the authority. Now, you are authority because you're offering this, but not going in with like, oh, I know it all. Mm. I'm going in as a sponge to receive as much feedback, as much of a response, because the more, uh, they call it R&D, the more research and development that you do, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. So not, not afraid to pivot, not afraid to course correct, not afraid to um, add something to it or take it away, because most people that start a business, they start doing what they want to do, mm. not what the market is saying, hey, we need this, this, this. No, but I want to do this. And so that was always going to be a mismatch. Mm. So being receptive to criticism, being mm-hmm. receptive to feedback, and being ready to pivot in those moments where what you thought was work going to work isn't working. Mm-hmm. So stop kicking your head against that wall. Right. And be willing to change direction. Or it, sometimes it's not even di- all the way going from north to south. Maybe it's just a it's little, just a little tweak. Yeah, just a little tweak. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Can you think of any pivots that you have personally had to make as you've been building various brands? Oh, my gosh. Personally, like my first business, you would never know what it was because it was a bookkeeping business. Okay. Called Eshton Stone. I hated bookkeeping. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Do it. But logically, my first degree was in accounting. Accountants Same. always going to have a job, right? Same. So I was like, well, let me just start a bookkeeping business. Girl, I hated that first person that gave me a box of, uh, an actual shoe box of receipts. I said, oh, I'm not doing this. Oh, I'm not doing this. That <laughs> ah, this wasn't it. This that, you it. know what was that? The manila envelope mm-hmm. with the little clasp on it. Oh, so I'm not doing this. I said, oh, no, this ain't me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. And I was like, I'm going back to work. Because <laughs> at that time, I was, the first time I was laid off. I said, oh, I'm going to start my business. I, did the book. I said, oh, no, I'm going back to work. I got out of there for a job so quick. I said, oh, no, this is not it. That was the first major pivot. Most people wouldn't even know that, right? Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> I moved on, and I got a job and stuff. I said, we need to regroup. So that's when I came out with getting launched because that's what I was serving. Most of the time, the business that you're doing, that you're really going to be successful at, comes out of a need. Mm. Yeah. And it's innate, right? So I'm serving and helping people to start their business. Most people, you're serving by, you know, baking cupcakes and taking them to the homeless or something like that. That's where your business is birthed out of something you do innately. It's not something a skill set you got to go learn. Mm. It's already something you do. And you just formalize it because people keep on asking you, girl, where them cupcakes at? Every party you come to, they want the cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Now, cupcakes become the business. So you just look at what people are constantly asking you for. That's probably your business idea or it bursts out of a need. Some people become, say, a caregiver or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's where the business comes from. 
something you've experienced and gone through and you have to be your own solution. Yeah. Yeah. That it should come innately, but it's still going to push you. Even if you have been baking for years, Mm -hmm. baking for your family and friends is one thing. Baking for somebody you may not know is something else. So it's always going to push and change you. How long ago was when you launched Get Launched? Officially, it was in May of 2010. May of 2010. That's when I got my first little DBA. So we are looking at, it is now June of 2023. So mm-hmm. it has been, helped me, 13 years. Was it 13 years? years? Yeah. Woo. Yeah, but full-time, full-time was 2016 when I got laid off from oil and gas. Okay. That's when I said, okay, God, if it's meant for me to start my business, let it happen like this, this, and this. So I gave it, got laid off like this, this, and this. I said, okay, I'm going for it. And so I've been full-time ever since then. So full-time. Since July 2016. Wow. So now we're coming up on seven years. Coming up on seven years. What would you say to yourself now, if you could sit where you are now and look back, because you have imagined that you would be where you are today? Oh, no, 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 no. I thought I was going to, you know, it was going to kind of work out, but I was going to still need a job. So if I had to go back now and tell myself something then, I would have done something Totally unorthodox, right? When I got laid off, I would have got just a little part-time job mm. so that I wouldn't have to struggle in the beginning. Mm. Because at the time I got laid off, I had just moved in my cousin and her two kids because they needed a fresh start. So I am an entrepreneur operating full-time and feeding a family of four. Mm. I mean, buying them beds, buying them clothes, making sure they had the necessities. So there wasn't a lot of extra. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I put too much strain on my business in the beginning because I'm here, I am trying to be trying this good Samaritan. You're trying to provide. And I go from just me. It's easy for me to beg up on one plate. But I can't beg up on four plates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you picky about what you eat. No, we can't do this. We can't do this. <laughs> we can't do this. So I would have I gotten a little part-time job just to make sure my mortgage was covered. Because I got a house. Mm-hmm. So I'm not playing adult. Right. I got a mortgage every month. So I would have gotten a part-time job when I got laid off so that I could have still been creative and not worry about my basic living necessities. Mm. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that perspective because I think sometimes in this social media world and this got to get it, got to get it, got to get it, that people look down on folks that do have the traditional nine to five. And it's like, no, you need to quit that job and... So thank you for saying, if I had done a role differently, I'd have got another job while I was still pursuing my purpose and my passion, Mm -hmm. just um, making sure that my basic four walls, the tenants of my house were covered. Mm -hmm. While I didn't feel a pressure to create, I felt empowered to Mm -hmm. create. I'll tell you another time, uh, when I went back and got my master's, I shut down my business. We got a part-time job at a community center that I worked, you know, in the evenings, um, and I had Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. So that's when I went to class, Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. It, there's nothing wrong with getting something in between time. Another time, I had to replace the roof on my house. I had the money, but it was going to deplete me. And I said, no, nah, I need a little cushion. So I worked out a, a deal with the guy that did my roof, black guy, Christian guy. God sent him my way. So I gave him 4000 down. And I said, can I pay you the last 2000 in 30 days? 30 days later, I paid him. I paid him early. Mm-hmm. But the only way I was able to do that 
is because I was substitute teaching at that time. Okay. They called me up, Miss Staples, we got a 30-day position. I said, 30 days? It gave me exactly what I needed to pay him back. Mm. So I'm going up here with the kids every day. <laughs> Taking roll. Sit down. Sit down. But I had internet. I had my computer. So I was still able to do get lunch work. Let me call roll. Okay. Is y'all lunchtime? Okay. But they gave me the exact money because I didn't want to do, have nothing. Right. So I went to talk for 30 days. There's nothing wrong with doing what you need to do to survive because to me, it's stupid to sit up here and struggle. I don't care if I have to go down there and greet at Walmart. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Christy Staples here. Get lunch. Down there at Walmart. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Because my bills, I'm going to be paid. I'm going to be fed. I got some AC. Mm-hmm. You know, even now, I drive an older truck right now. I want a brand new car so bad, but I traded in my car note for health insurance. Mm. I have no problem reallocating funds for what's needed. So when my knee, when I had arthritis and all the stuff's kind of flare up in my knee, I can go to the chiropractor. Yeah. You know, I can go get my exams because that's another thing that entrepreneurs don't think about, you know, insurance. I pay that insurance faithfully every month and go to the dentist, the eye doctor, everything. I call it, what's, what's my benefits? What I ain't used? Let me go make appointment. Because I pay for it. Right. If I pay for it, I want to go. I want Who to go. do I need to see? Uh-huh. Can I get an IV infusion with this? Do y'all pay for this? You know, yeah. what whatever. Is co- what exactly is covered? Now, right. I'm not paying no more. What do you cover? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, I want to ask, you have built brands. What would you say is your own personal brand? You know what? My own personal brand is built off of two things, building up your confidence and serving. I think the reason why I'm at the point now, because I've served my way to the top. Oh, I've served my way to the top. When I couldn't get in certain doors, I would go and volunteer. You need me to work the registration table? Like if there was a mastermind or like some type of event I wanted to go to and I couldn't afford it, let me go volunteer. I sit at the information desk. I'll be at the registration booth. People are afraid to serve. Every one of these big conferences that you see with these guys that you follow on social media, they need volunteers. I will go and volunteer in a heartbeat because you still can hear. You still have access. You're still in the in the presence. You're in the atmosphere. You're in the room. But with a servant heart. You're going to glean. Remember, being a sponge. Uh, y'all, that was good. That's what I do. And then they start asking you back. They start asking you, well, do you know anybody we can put on platform? You know anybody, you know, you know a building or something we can use? Well, you're in Houston. We're coming there. Who, uh, who can you connect us with? Then you become the plug. They need hands and feet and boots on ground. Yeah. She's just blown my mind. There's a conference that I really, really want to go to the end of next month. And I've been looking at the price like, oh, but girl, I don't know if you can swing that. It never dawned on me to even just say, maybe you can't go as a participant this year, but you can go and see if they need help. Yeah. I have been honest and transparent and said, I do these interviews for me. And y'all just, 
and y'all just get the privilege but because i i just believe that everybody's story mm -hmm. is going to be a blessing to someone else so thank you so much for everything that you have already deposited the final segment is and i'm so excited to ask her the final segment is all about the journey ahead Mm -hmm. So as you are praying and seeking God for wisdom and, and even greater vision and clarity, would you dare share your vision for yourself or your businesses um, <laughs> over the next five years? So the next five years, Christy has a transition. Christy has a transition to a bigger team. Christy has a transition from behind the computer okay. to become the face. So uh, I see myself on bigger stages. I see myself being flewed out hey. to speak, you know, and have the honorarium that I want. I see myself partnering with softwares that I use and that I love. Mm. I see myself hosting my own big events that people are flocking to. I see myself being a, a one-stop shop that people can come to and get exactly what they need and, 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 and learn how to fish and then go out and teach others. I see myself heading up a community of women who are hungry and they are disciplined enough to really launch their business and expand their brand to a whole nother level. Oh, I told y'all it was going to be good. If someone needs your services, if they need to be launched, they need to be empowered. God gave them a vision, but they're like, but I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. How can they get in touch with you? So people, you can get in contact with me. I'm very social on social media. I am CEO Staples on Instagram and Facebook and also Hire Get Launched on Instagram and Facebook. My website is HireGetLaunch.com and I can be reached at Christy at GetLaunchToday.com. Excellent. And all that information will be in the description of the podcast and the video. Y'all, I know that this has blessed you because it has blessed me. And I just want to ask, have you subscribed? Yes? Go ahead and hit the button. Hit the notification bell so that you are always updated every single time we launch an episode. And please be sure to add your favorite takeaway or comment and comment in the description box to let Christy know how she has helped you to build your confidence and to be more disciplined and okay and that third one to serve others with a heart of gratitude right now until we gather again every single thursday may god increase your joy grant you strength for the journey and give you the courage to tell your story bye friends <laughs>